Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of the Samuel Emanuel Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sam Reimer. And I'm a Manny Manuel. Whew. Manny, the fourth annual baseball movie. So it, it, it continues a long and storied tradition of us reviewing baseball movies for the start of the baseball season. Uh, there have been some good ones in there. Major League, A League of Their Own, Bull Durham. Add to that tradition... Bad News Bears, the 1976 version, not the Billy Bob Thornton 2005-ish ish ish movie. Uh, not that one. We're talking about the original. Um, baseball's back with this year. So so last year, or 2000... Oh, God, we're two years into this thing, aren't we? Yeah. The pandemic. 2020, baseball season is delayed uh, due to uh, this thing called coronavirus, or yeah. COVID-19, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we still did a baseball movie that year. Yeah. Uh, last year, the season I think started on time, right? Yeah. 2021 season starts on time. We did Bull Durham. Great movie. Uh, this year, <laughs> hopefully at the tail end of the pandemic, baseball decides to go and have itself a fucking labor dispute. Yep. A lockout. Furious. Luckily, it gets resolved uh, a little bit late. We're recording this on on opening day, on actually. Opening day. We're recording this on opening day. <clears throat> Got, I think we were planning on releasing it on opening day, but got a little bit delayed with we some of the stuff that happened last it'll week. It'll only be one day late. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, if uh, if you're hearing this the day it came out, it's the day after opening day. Baseball is back, and boy, are we ever excited for it. And uh, it, it's good to have baseball in my life again, Manny. It just uh, the, the older I get, the less time I have for sports. When I worked at Jersey City, when you and I met, yes. I always I followed the four major sports pretty closely. Yep. These days, I just... I just don't have time for all four. Yeah. It's, it's too crazy. And I think baseball is going to win. I think I think nice. baseball is going to have to be the one that sticks around. Um, yeah. But I can alternate. I can take football in the offseason. So we'll, we'll go with that. That's true. Um, yeah. Very cool. Uh, why why Bad News Bears, Manny? I grew up with this movie. Hmm. I love this movie. It continues the tradition of the underdogs. Everyone loves an underdog story. And in all honesty... I can't think of bigger underdogs in any movie I've ever watched than the Bad News Bears. Yeah. Ever. Not even the dodgeball. Like, these are the biggest underdogs of all. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but I love what they do with it. And the other reason is that my memory... I, I had not watched this movie prior to watching it for this podcast. It had been well over 25 years, if not more, since I watched it. Wow. But I knew there was some stuff in here that did not age well, and I was excited to get your reaction Yeah, to we'll it. get there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, is there ever. There's some stuff in here that is that I would have given anything to have watched this with you. Yeah. Especially <laughs> some language. Yeah. Especially. There's some language. That I will not be repeating, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, and that, like, I would have loved to have watched this with you here and to see your face when Tanner starts to speak. You know what? Uh, like, <coughs> yes, it is very uncomfortable to hear those things come out the mouth of a child. But, you know, 1976 to 2022, that's what, 46 years? Is my math right on that? Yep. Yeah, 46 years. Some stuff has changed. And not just the language. We'll get into the specifics as we get into the spoiler section. But, uh, yeah, very excited to talk about Bad News Bears today. Uh, Manny, do you have the facts pulled up on this? You Always. Always. You're a prepared individual. All right. So we are celebrating the Bad News Bears, released April 7th, 1976. April 7th, 1976. <gasps> Happy 46th birthday, Bad News Bears. That wasn't even planned. That wasn't. <laughs> We're just discovering this on air. <laughs> That's, I love baseball. How can you not be romantic about baseball? This is fucking awesome. Uh, directed by Michael Ritchie, written by Bill Lancaster, starring Walter Matthau, uh, Tatum O'Neill, and Jackie Earl Haley. Has a meta score of 84. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. I don't agree with it, but I do respect it. You shut your mouth. Uh, didn't, uh, didn't fare well at the Oscars. Uh, had a budget of $9 million. Pretty big for back then, actually. Yeah. It grossed 32. Do you want to know what that is adjusted? What is it? 
$159 million. Oh, my God. This was a for this, smash. For this, like, ragtag little underdog story. Why can't we get smash hits like this anymore? Yes. It's so annoying. Yes. So annoying that we can't get smash hits like this. Uh, the plot, an aging, down-on-his-luck, ex-minor leaguer coach. Coaches a team of misfits in an ultra-competitive California Little League. Sam, I know for a fact you'd never seen this before. Correct, sir. Please tell me your spoiler-free thoughts on the bad news bears. This was still really fun. Uh, the, it's, I'm happy to see that the underdog format really hasn't changed all that much in 50 years. I mean, sure, there are specifics that are different. Uh, there's a lot of cultural differences and things that have changed in the last 50 years that we'll get to. But um, overall, the story of a group of nobodies teaming together and being greater as uh this being greater than the sum of their parts that's what i'm trying to say thank you very much um you know being being a part of something greater than yourself is something that speaks to everybody it's a timeless story and um seeing all of these misfits come together and try to achieve something great uh, still is a story that uh, rings true today. So I, I did still have a good time with this movie. It is amazing to see the cultural differences from now until then. Uh, you already talked about the kids dropping racial slurs, <laughs> which I think is what you were, ta- what you were talking about earlier. Um, but even so, just like drink- <laughs> drinking uh, beers in the car, dr- uh, kids driving motorcycles for real and drinking beer for real, what I assume is real beer, although I'm not actually sure. Um Kids actually getting slapped and beaten up <laughs> by Walter Matthau. Yep. Like, actually getting fucking dummied around a little bit is crazy. <laughs> like, that would just be instant claim with the relevant labor board, but okay. Um, overall, it's a ton of fun. Gets me in the baseball mood. It's still the template for all baseball movies to come after it. Even, like, you think about my favorite baseball movie of all time, Moneyball. You can see shades of that, this movie in Moneyball, of just the, the pure misfits, the nobodies, the guys who, are, who all have defects coming together and trying to achieve something great. It's the same fucking movie. It's the same fucking story at its heart, and I love it. Um, the racial slurs, <laughs> not the greatest, but Tanner is the funniest fucking kid yes. ever. yes. Laugh out loud, gut busting funny from Tanner. Really enjoy him in this movie. Oh, I'm so happy right now. Yeah. I'm so happy right so, now. So, does the Bad News Bears have problems? Yep. <laughs> Did I enjoy the shit out of it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun time. What can I say? Awesome. Uh, yeah, I grew up with this movie. And uh, like I had mentioned, I was really excited to hear your reaction to it knowing that you enjoyed it makes me even happier because i was i was prepared for us to have a disagreement on on the film and seeing and and one of the things after you know 200 plus episodes with you is i love when i can hear your excitement in your voice over (laughs) films it makes it just fills me with joy and knowing that you had a good time with this movie and that you love Tanner as much as I do. <laughs> He's awesome. Great it character. It just makes me super excited. But yeah, I did grow up with this movie. And so this movie has a huge thing of nostalgia. I watched this movie a lot as a kid. Uh, it was on TV all the time. And I can tell you that the language was not bleeped out on TV. No. It was uh, definitely okay probably until mid to late 80s. So I got to hear incredible racial slurs coming from an 11-year-old boy uh, constantly. Uh, It was a lovely time, a lovely time in my life. Uh, This, like you said, this movie pretty much lays out the groundwork for the underdog story. Um, One of the things I was checking on, uh, another movie came out this year that really cemented and really brought forth the underdog story and ends up winning Best Picture. Uh, this was the year of Rocky. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say Rocky. Yeah. Which is, a, as far as I'm concerned, a movie that also holds up well with some problems. Yes. <laughs> An incredibly great movie with a 
big problem right in the middle. Yeah, pretty rapey scene right in the middle of Rocky. That's okay. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, Mr. Holland's Opus. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. Mr. Holland's Opus. Incredible movie. Just cut out the unnecessary yeah. <laughs> half hour, which, by the way, the movie would still be like two hours long if you cut out that half hour. Yes. Cut out the two hours from Mr. Holland's Opus. And it's just mwah, yeah. fantastic. Sadly, you can't really cut out that scene in Rocky. Because it's needed. Yeah. The rape aspect. We can tweak. We can we tweak the def- scene. Definitely tweak it. Yeah. But- tweak it <clears throat> so that Rocky isn't freaking out this poor vulnerable girl <laughs> and barging into her apartment <laughs> in an attempt to be romantic. Woo. Oh, boy. Okay. Man, the 70s were uh, a time. Yes. Okay. They sure were. <laughs> 80s were not much better. Yeah. Um, the... The enjoyment I get from this movie, I was so excited to rewatch it, and rewatching it, it it just brought everything back. I had such a good time, and I can honestly not heap enough praise on Tanner. Mm-hmm. I cannot. I I knew going in that I loved him when I was younger. Watching him now skyrockets to the top of the charts. Absolutely, this kid is unbelievable. Let's get into this movie. Spoilers for Bad News Bears, 1976, a 46-year-old film. If you haven't seen this, I'm going to say watch it. Unless you're easily offended, then stay the fuck away. Yeah, then why are you even listening to us, though, if that's the case? Yeah, so true. Uh, Spoilers for Bad News Bears in three, two, one. Go fuck yourself. This film wastes no time introducing you to Buttermaker. Great name, by the way. Mm -hmm. Great name, by the way. That's a that's a baseball name right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have no explanation for why, but sometimes you just hear a name and you're like, "That's a baseball name." Morris Buttermaker. Yeah, it reminds me of like Buster Posey. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fucking baseball that's name. A great baseball name. Yeah. Uh, they waste no time in letting us know what kind of person Buttermaker is, as we witness him uh, drinking and driving and mixing booze and beer. Yeah. I there's a. There's a literary name for this that I can like just never remember for some reason, mm-hmm. but there is a thing where you introduce a character by like an object or by like a piece of them. Mm-hmm. This is an instance of that. Just <laughs> I don't think we even have seen Walter Matthau's face yet, and we just see the beer in hand in the vehicle pouring hard liquor into it. Yes, it just tells you everything you need to know right there. Um, we learn that he is being paid to coach little league, but is to be kept a secret mm-hmm. um, by a gentleman. I don't even know who he was. Doesn't even matter. No. Um. Again, this this film wastes no time as we meet the kids right away. Uh, yeah, the movie oh the movie was an hour forty two. Wow, it didn't feel like that. Didn't feel that short or that long. That long. Yeah, it it went by pretty quick. It does absolutely. I don't really it does. even know what you could really cut out. Well, a lot of a lot of the movie seems to just be introducing characters, right? Like a decent por- part of this movie is introducing you to the individual characters of the bears. Yeah, the individual players. Uh. I'm not going to go through all the kids, yeah. but another part that obviously hasn't aged well is the fat jokes to Engelberg. Yeah. I mean, this movie still has all of the stereotypes. Like, There were plenty of copies of this format yes. after just having, like, for lack of a better phrase, like kind of one of everything. <laughs> yep. Like, You have a fat stereotype, a Jewish stereotype, a black stereotype, two Mexican kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, for lack of a better term, it's just kind of bad boy. Uh, yeah, the bad boy rides the motorcycle. You yep. get, like, the stats nerd. That was us. Yep. <laughs> we were the stats nerd. Who's on the bench? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you once told me of your uh, of your road hockey team that you were a fourth-line player on a three-line team. Yeah I, was a four, a four, yeah, I was the best fourth-line player on a three-line team. Yeah, there you go. That was definitely <laughs> me. Uh, we get lupus and a absolutely laugh-inducing line from our hero, Tanner, a booger eating spaz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They set up everybody really well. Uh, Buttermaker showing does not care at all. Um, I'm just going to jump ahead to opening day. I'm just going to skip over the sure. first yep, practice. That's fine. Cool. Uh, we meet Kelly Leak, uh, played by Jackie Earl Haley. Do you recognize? Did you recognize that kid? I did not. Jackie Earl Haley is the guy that played Rorschach in the Watchmen movie. Okay, you know, I've never seen Watchmen, actually. Oh, you haven't? I haven't. No. Okay. Uh, he's Oscar-nominated uh, as well. I can't remember um, the name of the movie, uh, but he played a pedophile. I remember that. Oh, it's called Little Children. Thank you. Yeah, that's what it is. Yikes. <clears throat> um, 
I always thought Kelly Leak was the coolest kid ever in the world when I was like when I was a kid watching this movie. Cultural differences. That kid is riding that bike. Yes. Yeah. Not allowed today. I assume. Nope. Riding a <laughs> no and, helmet and smoking. Yep. Smoking, hustling. We find out he's a hustler yeah. later on, <laughs> hustling people at air hockey. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, it was fantastic. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> they're taking the team pictures. I don't know if you caught it, but the kid in the one of the kids in the front holding the like the team sign hmm. is giving the bird. Oh, I didn't catch it. That's good. <laughs> that's that's super authentic, by the way. Yes. Like anybody who's played team sports and had photo days, just yeah. like yeah, all sorts of debauchery and things to take care of. Um, all again, I, I think I referenced this in the last episode we recorded, where occasionally I'll encounter notes uh, that I've taken, yep. just completely devoid of context where I can't place why I wrote it. So I'll leave this sentence with you and you can just keep it for what it is. Okay. Kids wearing Yankee uniforms are all such douches. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck those kids. Yeah. So the first game is against the Yankees. There you go. And the Yankees slaughter them. Yo, absolutely. Sla- I think they scored 29 runs. In the uh, first I inning. have 26 to nothing in 26 my notes. 26 to nothing in yeah. the first inning. Um, one of the things I love and warning, spoiler alert for the rest of this review, I'm going to be heaping praise on Tanner yeah. throughout the entire review. The greatest. Him throwing his glove at shortstop constantly yeah. is... <laughs> Abs- there, there is one I, I don't remember what game it's in it has to be in this game but he throws his glove at one of the runners as they're running past him <laughs> fuck I love that kid so funny he throws it hard too yes <laughs> yes cause he got a cannon um the other coach um played by I think it's Vic Morrow um who, yeah who plays Roy Turner <clears throat> such a dick mm-hmm. like Buttermaker goes over there and says hey like we should call this game yeah, as a slaughter. Isn't there, I mean, maybe not in the 70s, but when I played, when I was really little, there was a mercy rule. It was like 10 runs or something. Nope. There's no fucking mercy back then. No. Nope. You're learning life lessons <laughs> here, my friend. None of, there's no fucking participation trophies either. Nope, exactly. Uh, so they get, they get fucking hammered. Uh, after the game, Tanner just fucks off. Yeah. Love that kid. Um, Ahmed. Strips, climbs yeah. a tree. <laughs> <laughs> and But the nice thing here, Buttermaker starts to show little signs that he actually cares. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, to this point, all we've seen from Buttermaker is basically him show up drunk and then step onto the mound and barely be able to fucking stand. Which, by the way, uh, <laughs> that is an excellent physical performance by Walter Matthau to the point where I'm just pretty sure he showed up wasted. <laughs> If he didn't, kudos to him. If he did, still kudos, because it still made me laugh. But him climbing this tree uh, to talk to... The character's name is Ahmed. Ahmed, yep. This... Uh, he knows... This is a sign of a good coach. He knows exactly what buttons to push yep. to motivate his player. And he he compares him to Hank Aaron. He's like, well, you never heard about the 42 errors in Sandlot Ball that Hank Aaron committed. And obviously... By the way, he uses the number 42 there. And I'm sure I'm sure you probably caught that. Sure did. That's a reference to Mr. Robinson, of course. Um... But I like how he kind of presents the facts. Like I think he says, ah, oh, it's common knowledge, even though he's completely making it up. Yes. But he's uh, he's talking about the time that Hank Aaron you know, fucked up when he was in Sandlot Ball and then went on to become Hank Aaron. And he knows that's Ahmed's favorite player, and he knows exactly what to say to motivate him. It's a sign of a good coach. It is a good coach. Um, speaking of, like, uh, like, like stats and stuff like that, uh, Ogilvy, the, the Jewish stat geek. Yeah. It's even more impressive because there's no fucking Google. Exactly. He's like, he's a fucking bean counter. Yeah. <laughs> he's a fucking encyclopedia of baseball. Because yeah. he knew Buttermaker's stats from minor leagues. Yeah. Fuck. I love Ogilvy. Him and I would be good friends. Yeah. Him, good, him good and friends. Tanner are just like the MVPs <clears throat> of his team. So, obviously, the Bad News Bears, they're a team that needs some work. So, they need some help. So, Buttermaker goes to Amanda. Uh, played by... Tatum O'Neill. Who we would have referenced when talking about the piano, yes. if only in passing, because while um, Anna Paquin yeah. is the second youngest Oscar winner in history for that role, yep. Tatum O'Neill, 
number one yes. on that list for okay. a movie I don't have in front of me right Flower now. Moon. Flower Moon. If I'm not mistaken. Sounds about right. I mean, I'm sure we can find it pretty quickly. Hold on. Tatum O'Neill. Paper Moon? Paper Moon. Got it. Paper Moon. Paper Moon. There it is. <coughs> Won the Oscar at the age of 10. Holy shit. Uh, this movie was shortly after her Oscar win. Oh, and she, she was married to John McEnroe. Yep. Huh. Also, didn't even mention on the piano podcast, but uh, Anna Paquin was married to married to Janusz Kaminski. What? Yeah, she was. Or sorry, not Anna Paquin. Holly Hunter. Excuse me. Oh yes, Holly Hunter. I did know that. Yeah, I uh, I did not, and I figured they probably met at those Oscars. Oh, but... we talked about this, did we? Right. Okay, but we didn't talk about it on air. Correct. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Moving on from there. Yes. Um. He tries to recruit her, and it's in the scene. Again, I have some out-of-reference notes, which if we had recorded this <laughs> after... When short, we intended to. When we intended to, I'd be able, But I'm, I have Buttermaker's a piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, just generally, though. <laughs> <laughs> just generally factual. I think uh, it might be in the scene where he first encounters Tatum O'Neill's character. Yes. And uh, they talk about their history together and the fact that he wasn't really there. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's kind of like a surrogate father figure to her, right? Like, yeah. Uh, he... He D- and her mom, mom. yeah, used yeah. to date. So, uh, so the first practice after their slaughter, uh, the team all quits. Yep. Uh, and what does Buttermaker do? He's an asshole to them. Yeah, <laughs> he's a complete prick to try to motivate them. Uh, admits to being an asshole, uh, and then he actually starts to coach. Uh, he has a great quote in this section. I think it's around here. He says, "This quitting thing—it's a damn hard habit to break once you start." Yeah. It's- and when he said that, I was like, oh, damn, a glimmer of uh, of sanity from this guy. Yeah. Uh, Roy stops by, the, the coach of the Yankees, and continues to be an asshole. Uh, Uncharacteristic of a Yankee, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Man, he's uh, also wearing his Red Sox jersey, I should point out right yeah. now. In honor of? Opening, opening day. day. There you go. My Red Sox game got rained out, though. No game. Boo. I know. You can celebrate tomorrow with me. <laughs> True. Well, I should see uh, if I can get the Jays game on at work tomorrow. Anyway. Mm, what time is the fucking Red Sox game on? I didn't listen to it. Um, next up, we have the Bears versus the A's. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but every team in this Little League team is named after an actual Major League franchise except the Bears. Yeah, but the Bears, I mean, like, the Cubs are, of course, an iconic Yeah. Uh, underdog baseball team until 2016 when they won the world championship. They won the world series. Um, but bears could sort of be like a, a non cub name mm-hmm. for a team like the Cubs. Like, yeah. Let me just, to summarize that thought, I guess bear is like associated with underdog in baseball yeah. because of the Cubs. Um, I love that. I love that he's rallied the bears to become a team but they're still not good, and they get fucking slaughtered. Oh, by they the get, A's. Uh, but they make it out of the first inning. <laughs> yeah, progress, progress, progress. Uh, it just continues the underdog storyline, and uh, it's delightful. So he tries to go. He goes back to Amanda again and tries to use reverse psychology, mm-hmm. and she calls him out on it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, he does get her to pitch. Uh, he says he says that she has a curve breaking two and a half feet. That is an insane amount of break yes. on a pitch, especially for a fucking, what is she, 11 or yeah. something like? I can't, 11, 12? Yeah, somewhere in that range. She's like a preteen, basically. Yep. That is a monster curveball <laughs> for, for a major leaguer. Yes. <laughs> I think uh, my favorite curveball of all time is Mr. Barry Zito. Barry Zito. And his, his was like three feet or something like that. So two and a half. 12 is, to six curveball. Yeah, it was nuts. It was delightful. <laughs> that kid has some absolute <clears throat> junk. Yep. Um... What I love here is that they, she can actually throw. Yeah. And you can tell. Yeah. Uh, they're during games later on. There are some times that a, you can tell a body double is used, mm-hmm. but a, a lot of the throwing she can do on her own. And I, I hate to be this guy, but she doesn't throw like a girl. No. Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, she really has good form and it's awesome. Um, I, around here, we also see her throw her spitter. That's the next note that I have on here. Is that uh, in, the next, in the next game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's better. It's, it's funny because I was watching this with Emma and Faith, neither of whom are baseball fans. Yeah. And so that when she when she touches her cap to get the Vaseline on it, <laughs> and they both just look at me, they're like, are you allowed to do that? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. She's doctoring the ball. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> uh, 
Uh, <laughs> and then at that point, I was like, maybe she does have a two and a half foot curve after all. Um, with her joining the team, it helps lift the team a little bit more. Um, Ahmed finally makes a catch. Hey. Oh, I'm going to cough again. Oh, my goodness, man. Are you doing okay over there? Yeah. That's all right. Have yourself another fisherman's friend. Yep. Um, so Ahmed does uh, finally make a catch. Um, let's see. What else do I have on here? Oh, uh, the uh, Tanner in this game has a, makes a tough fielding play, actually. Like he, at one point, I can't even remember what exactly it is. I think he makes like a, like a kind of a tough snag out of the dirt. Yep. And uh, not easy for a, for a preteen. Yeah. And he, uh, he like rifles it over the first. It's a nice fucking play. Tanner's fucking the yeah. best. And this is one of the benefits of watching an older movie with not as much tech and like not as much filming technology is a lot of these baseball scenes are just like camera on tripod point at guy doing baseball thing. Yes. So a lot of these kids are actually forced to play ball for yeah. real. And yeah. it shows. It's actually really cool. Um. I love <clears throat> this is where they they're doing really well against the Mets. Uh, but then they hit it out to lupus who can't throw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was frustrating. Yeah. It's a one, nothing walk off, right? Yep. A one, yeah. nothing walk off. So tough. Um, we meet, uh, well, not meet, but, uh, we find out, um, we get some information on Kelly leak that he's a loan shark. According to Ahmed. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Talking loan sharking. Um, we do see that he is. Uh, they let us know that he's a great athlete and a great player. Yeah, he's got a cannon for Can an arm. Cannon from an arm. Uh, and he's hustling at air hockey at the local arcade. Great character. Great character. So Amanda uh, is going to play him. She's trying to convince him to play. And during their discussion, uh, she's killing him at air hockey. And Kelly's playing right into it, the fucking hustler that he is. And so they have a bet that if uh, she wins, he has to play ball. And if he wins, she has to go on a date. And she loses. <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh, the editing of this scene because mm -hmm. it's set up to be like, oh, she's going to kick his ass. And yep. She's super <clears throat> overconfident. And then the next shot we see is her getting into Walter Matthau's vehicle. And she's like, I lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um. This next next part is a scene I love, and that's Lupus and Tanner getting a snack. Yeah, so it starts with Tanner uh, kind of picking on Lupus a little bit, right? I can't remember exactly what he says. Yeah, he probably calls him a booger-eating spaz. Yeah, probably, something like that. But then he sees his teammate getting picked on. Yep. Yeah, who's even smaller than him. Like, Lupus is... Lu Tanner's tiny. Tanner's tiny, and Lupus... Lupus is minuscule. Yeah. I know that the actual ages of the actors on the Bears uh, varied pretty wildly. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Lu the actor who played Lupus was like six or something. Really? Yeah. Wow. I remember reading that somewhere. I may have to actually go back and confirm that. I could go eight or nine. Maybe. Six seems long. But he's, he's touching. Maybe it tight. wasn't Lupus, but I think one of them was that young. It was probably Lupus. I don't um, know. One, I love that he is... That he stands up to, he stands up to the Yankees totally, and fights them, and then gets his ass kicked, dumped in a garbage can. And Lupus is he's just so small and so sweet. He just mm -hmm. comes over and thanks him. And, yeah. And Tanner's like, if you weren't such a fucking booger eating spaz, maybe people <laughs> wouldn't pick on you. Uh, the Bears' ages in order based on the actors' ages at the beginning of 1976 are Whitewood 14, Kelly 14, Stein 14. Uh, blah 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 blah. Uh, Miguel eight, Tanner ten, Miguel eight, Timmy Lupus the youngest, age six. Jesus, six. Yeah. Okay. My daughter's eight. Mm -hmm. I can tell you right now, she'd be incapable of doing this on screen. Yeah. And he's like, Lupus has got some lines and some actual acting. A six-year-old? Fuck, man. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh. Kelly is watching the Bears practice. And Roy comes over and is a complete asshole. And then physically assaults him. Yes. And so Kelly's like, well, fuck this guy. I'm going to join the Bears. Love it. Tanks. Yeah. Joins the Bears, and they start to win. With Amanda on the mound and Kelly Leak in the field. And Tanner at shortstop. Let's go. All-star. Let's fucking Tanner. go. Yeah, fucking Tanner. Um... <laughs> They start to win. Montage here. 
Yeah, naturally. They start, they start to win. Uh, There's a before the game, before yeah. the win, uh, the fucking jockstrap conversation. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Tanner throwing his aside and saying, anyway, it's too small. <laughs> 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 fucking hilarious. Uh, I love, again, in the montage, Tanner just being a little shit. Mm-hmm. Throwing his glove at people, running his mouth. Um, it's at the end of the montage that Ahmed takes a ball to the balls. Yep. I did somebody say no? That was somewhere else. I thought someone said like he he got hit in the he got hit there before he could even use them or something like that. Oh uh, yeah. No, I don't no, think that's that. I don't think it's in there. Um, I always hated that. Like I remember that scene as a kid. I'm like, oh god, I hope that never happens to me. Yeah, I've never been hitting the balls by a baseball. I don't think I always wore always wore my jock. Nice to the extent that I pl- I only played till I was like ten, probably. Uh, they go to Amanda's dance class. Kelly starts hitting on older women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner again, just being awesome, just making fun of Amanda for being there, making fun of dancing. Engelbert's eating a bucket of KFC. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just a shit show. Uh and then like we're here. We're at we're at the final game already. Yeah, not not a ton to dissect. I'm try I'm trying to keep up and just see if there's any funny moments I wanted to point out. What They're all Tanner. They're all Tanner. <laughs> the, not necessarily a funny moment, but another moment that's just jarring. The pledge of allegiance at a baseball game at yep. the when they're playing the White Sox, I think. They're doing the fucking pledge of allegiance beforehand. Are you kidding me? Yep, yep. It's ridiculous. I even think Anthem's got to go before the game. That's another story entirely. You want Anthem's to go? That's so weird. It's a weird little cultural thing that only North American sports do, and it's creepy. Oh, they don't do it, like, over in Europe or anything? No. Interesting. Yeah. I first realized it when I was in Germany, and I was like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. They don't sing the Anthem before <laughs> the game. That's, that's a smart move, guys. Good call on that one. <laughs> um... Oh, so the, oh, so we're not the big game. This is the game where if they win, they're... I think they're they're in the finals or something like that. Um, yeah. Because it's this game... Uh, it's this game Buttermaker tells Kelly to catch everything. Yeah, and I, I again, I wrote, I'm glad I wrote this note for myself because I wanted to talk about this. I do get what they're going for. Yeah. And it's like, it's a kid's league and you want everyone to be included and everything. Part of the game of baseball... At the hi- from the highest levels right down to the bottom is that the center fielder is the outfield general. Yep. As a, as a matter of fact, the center fielder, so if, if you've never watched a game of baseball before or if you are just kind of vaguely familiar with it, if there's a pop fly in between a couple different defenders, if like, there's, there's, a pri- there's a chain of priority, basically, for who gets to call off who, the center fielder gets to call off everybody. everybody. If the center fielder says, that's my ball, it's his ball. Period. Yep. And you go off. Like you, you, you're, you're no longer entitled to catch that ball. So while I get what they're going for, I just wanted to point out that technically he's not in the wrong, even if he's being a bit of an asshole. Yeah. The thing is, is that Kelly's catching balls down the left and right field line. That's true. <laughs> Which, by the way, the wheels to yes. get over there, like that's just impressive at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Buttermaker loses focus that the win is more important than the team. Hundred percent. He's found this winning combination with amanda and kelly and our boy tanner i'm, not, I'm gonna throw him in there every chance yeah I get. of course man um it's more important than the team and the team starts falling apart the team is obviously upset that kelly's trying to catch everything but they're unaware that he was told to do so by buttermaker yeah so they ostracize him yeah so then he tries to let the others play Especially, what's the kid's name? Eng- no, not uh, not Engelberg. Are we talking about the stats nerd? No, he the the former pitcher, um, Rudy Stein. There you go. Because Rudy Stein's playing left field. Right. And he he tries to let Rudy catch it, and he drops it. And then Buttermaker is a fucking dick. Choose choose him the fuck out. Choose him the fuck out. And then what I love about Kelly is he just walks up to the plate. And doesn't swing. Mm-hmm. And Buttermaker is again a fucking dick. So then Kelly decides to... He's like, well, I can fucking prove that I can do this. Hits a walk-off home run. 
but his team's not there to celebrate with him. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he goes for the high five, rounding third, and gets uh, gets left hanging. Gets left hanging, and then there's nobody at home plate. And then after the game, he want like he wants to take Lupus for a ride. He asks all the guys to hang out, and they're all mad at him. Um, at this point, I have notes on. Uh, sorry, I keep forgetting Tatum O'Neill. Uh, Amanda, yeah. I have notes on Amanda. Um, she's pitching every game. Yeah. At this point, it seems like, uh, as far as baseball differences from now versus then, I think I've also pointed this out in both Bull Durham and Major League as well. But get this kid on a fucking innings limit now. <laughs> oh, my God. The developments in health technology in the last 50 years, uh, like, this kid is ruining her arm. Yeah. Absolutely fucking, like, permanently damaging her arm by throwing this much. Yep. So after the game, she really wants to reconnect with Buttermaker. Mm-hmm. And he's having none of it. Yeah, he chews her out for, like, wanting to be friends after the season or something. She's so sad and hurt. When she's yeah. walking away, that's some. That's where I'm like... It's oh, an I Oscar see, winner right there. I see why you, I see why you <laughs> want an Oscar. Yeah, that's right. Like, that's some that's some really great acting. Uh, he's such a fucking dick. He's a piece of shit. Such a piece of shit. Um... <laughs> again a small note that i just wanted to point out here it's around here i actually noticed the sponsor on the back of the jerseys showing how much attention i'm actually paying to this movie chico's bail bonds yes. sponsoring <laughs> like he's such a stupid sponsor i love it uh so we're at the big game against the yankees mm-hmm. in the final uh kelly tries to warm up with the team but they're all angry at him yeah um tanner wants to fight because let's go fucking yeah tanner yeah the bulldog uh, but Buttermaker finally confesses about Kelly and tells the the Bears that I told him to do that. Um, Roy, the coach of the Yankees, is being a fucking ass to the Yankees. You better win this game. Yeah. Or you'll regret it for the rest of your life. Like, it's fucking Little League. It's fucking Little League, dude. Relax. It's fucking Little League. <laughs> uh, but this is where they slide spikes up into Amanda's chest. Just fucking Bush League. Fucking Bush League. Yeah. Fight breaks out. Buttermaker getting a little too competitive. Mm-hmm. Again, missing the point of being the coach of a little league team. Yeah. This is supposed to be fun. It's supposed, it's supposed to be, to be fun. team building. Yeah. Learning how to work together. Make friends. So he asks Rudy Stein to get hit by pitch. And he does. Ends up being a sack fly after everything. Roy starts calling out his players, yelling at them, becoming even more of an asshole. Stein comes up again, and asks him to get hit again. Stein doesn't want to do it, so he hits a ground out. Buttermaker loses his shit, treats them all like shit, and then he sees it on their faces. Man, I... I genuinely really like the scene in the dugout where everybody's in there and he's yelling at them. He's giving them, he's giving them what for. And this, this line comes out of his mouth and he says, you have a chance to spit it back in their faces. And I think when there's a beat and everybody is silent, including Buttermaker, I think he's realizing he is projecting a little bit. Yep. He's realizing like, uh, this isn't about the kids proving that they're worth it. It's, it's a little bit about me. It's a lot about me. Yeah, and it's not even a little bit of beat. There's a long pause. There's a there. long fucking pause. Yeah. And great decision directorially. I yep. really like that. Um, as far as the game is concerned, um, you can really tell where my priorities are at going through my notes because it's all just baseball notes. It's all just like, <laughs> it's all just like, uh, love to see the pitcher cover home plate, then defense in all caps. <laughs> just so amped for baseball season. Um, uh, never swing at a three Oh pitch, uh, intentional walk, uh, actually having to throw four back then. Yep. Um, and oh, then you're, uh, we're not, we're, you're, oh, uh, you're a little head. Oh, am I? Okay. I have this all before you have a chance to spit it back in their faces. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, Engelberg's up to the plate. Okay. Hits a huge foul ball. Mm-hmm. Roy then goes out to his his own son, tells him to pitch low and outside. And the kid throws it at Engelbert's head. 
And by the way, he actually throws at his head. Yep. Like, outside of the movie, the actor really throws this ball at Engelbert's head. Yes. Probably not okay. <laughs> yeah. Roy comes out and slaps his kid. Yeah, holy shit. I forgot about this. Yeah, that's that's a problem. This was shocking. Mm-hmm. Very awkward silence. Again, another beat from the director. Yep. Let's let's the moment and the impact of it linger. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what the fuck? Next pitch. Ground ball to the pitcher, and he won't throw it. No. (laughs) (laughs) It is awesome. And I love that he just stares at his dad the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so Engelberg keeps running. And you can see he's hesitant. He's like, is he he pulling a trick on me? He's like, is he going to throw me out? Nope. Uh, You know, I I think, yeah, I, I think I have my note in the right spot here. Joey is the kid's name. Yeah. I think. And uh, the next note I have is that he drops the ball at his manager's feet. Yes. Uh, And then I have number two in a Yankees uni. Still a class act. Nice. (laughs) He's he's wearing number two and I was like, damn it. (laughs) Gotta love that guy. almost 20 years before Jeter's debut. Yeah. And now Jeter's been retired for what? Like five years? Something like that? Longer. Longer? Just over. Like six, seven years. Is it that long since Jeter's played? Holy shit. Yeah. I thought I was overshooting the five years, honestly. No, because it's five years until you're eligible for the Hall of Fame. And he just got inducted, so it's five or six years since he played. What are you going with? I'll go with he retired in 2015. Uh, His last appearance, September 28th, 2014. 14. Yeah. Top of the six. Six inning game. Buttermaker puts in the bench because he realizes that this is about the team and not about winning. Mm-hmm. Now he's trying to be a good guy. The guy that hired him is Whitewood. Mm. He comes in to try and tell Buttermaker what to do. He's so overly aggressive because they're on the verge of winning. It reminded me of how parents are so shitty when it comes to youth sports. It's... It it makes me sick at times how parents are about youth sports. I played a decent amount of youth sports. I like I said, I mostly made the switch to music around age twelve ish, and I think I maybe quit baseball a year or two before that. Um, but I and my brother did a lot of youth sports as well. So I've been to my fair share of youth sports tournaments in my life, and I remember these people. Yep. I. I I'm still in touch with a lot of these people, actually. And, uh, yeah, there's some shitty fucking parents out there. Yeah. People who really lose perspective on what's important. Yeah. <clears throat> Buttermaker can see that uh, Amanda's hurting. Arms, obviously. Who could have foreseen this? <laughs> Brings in Rudy. And Rudy gets hammered. <laughs> it's absolutely lit the fuck up. Lit the fuck up. But Lupus... Rob's a home run. Six-year-old wonder kid. Rob's Let's go. A home run. He's so happy. He's so cute when he realizes he caught it. Yeah, he is. It's fucking adorable. Yeah. Big celebration. The score swells. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. And it swells, and they're still losing. Yeah. Totally. Because yeah. it's an individual victory. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and the the win for him is a win for everybody. Yeah. And they all come out there and celebrate with yeah. him. Yeah. Like they did when Ahmed made his first catch. 100%. This is a team, and that and that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. It's not about winning. But this is a movie, so it's the bottom of the six. Mm-hmm. Stein leads off, cracks a hit, bad, tries to stretch it into a bad double. Bad decision-making. He's out of the second. Being a fucking hero. <clears throat> but Buttermaker is supportive now. Yeah. Doesn't get angry at him for trying to do it. Yeah. Very supportive. Mm-hmm. Amanda. Up the plate. Sore arm hits a dribbler. Thrown out at first. Two outs. Looks like these underdogs not going to do it. But this is the movies, my friend. This is Hollywood, motherfucker. Yeah. Ogilvy. Down 0-2 in the count. Fans are leaving. I don't know where the fuck they're going. Yeah. 
Because there's still the trophy presentation at the end. Yeah, I'm sorry you have somewhere to go after yeah. this Little League game. You're here to watch your fucking kid, aren't you? But he earns a walk. Wow. We love small ball around here. Next up is Ahmed, who I forgot. Major League steals this fucking thing. Ahmed calls his shot. He calls for a home run. He points. Hmm. And then bunts. Right. Yeah. I wonder if that's a little uh, homage from Major Major League or if they just stole it. I don't know. It's It's got to be an homage. I don't remember this. Yeah. It's an exact beat. The music starts to swell here. Yeah. Starts making you sense. Yeah. It's the Hollywood moment, baby. Let's yep. go. They're fucking going to it. Little Aguilar steps up. He's so small they can't find the strike zone. No. Walk Walks. the bases loaded. Let's go. Bases loaded yep. for uh, Kelly. Uh, no swinging on a 3-0 count comes back, by the way, in, the, yep. in that scene. It's referenced referenced a couple times. <clears throat> They're going to intentionally walk him with the bases loaded. What, what I refer to as the Bonds. The Bonds treatment. It's the only person I've ever seen get intentionally walked with the bases loaded. Yep. Intentionally conceding a run so you don't have to face a player. It's yes. the biggest sign of respect. And the biggest sign of disrespect to the next guy who comes up to the plate yep who probably for the giants was benito santiago probably yep probably where was jeff kent in the order depends jeff kent wasn't there he was there later yeah but he he probably would have been there in that last year when bonds got walked like 230 times you gotta remember i started getting into baseball 0304 so like my peak bonds but i also wasn't watching national league so who wants to watch National League? Exactly. Who wants to watch the pitchers hit? Yeah. Ridiculous. Now, now we have no excuse not to watch the National League. I'll still find one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to talk about the DH rule, by the way. I don't know if we've ever actually talked about the DH. We right? have. I'm what sure you, we have. What do you want to talk about? I just want... Are you pro-universal DH? Pro. Yeah, absolutely. The argument is ridiculous, right? Who wants to watch a batter go up there and hit, like, 110 at best? Yeah. Like, nothing worse than a fucking rally killer, a pitcher stepping up to the plate. All right, since we're there. I'm not in favor. I'm in favor of the DH because I want to see somebody that can hit actually hit. Mm-hmm. What I do love about no DH is the strategy. That's fair. When you get into the later games, do you keep the pitcher in or do you pinch hit for him? I love the strategy, but it doesn't outweigh my my desire to watch somebody who can actually hit. I hit. feel the exact same way. It is interesting and it is different. But if I have to choose between that and watching a guy who is paid to hit balls at a major league level, then I'm going to choose that because that is what I am here to watch. Yeah. You know, anyway, I'm with you. They hang, they hang one. (laughs) They hang one. Yep. Kelly smacks it deep into the outfield. Let's go. Let's go. One run scores, two run scores, Three run scores. Kelly's the tying run. He's on his way home. He's on his horse, baby. He's going. They wave him home. Great relay throw. Absolutely. This is a great defensive play. Out at the plate. Yeah. Bears lose. Mm -hmm. That's our Hollywood moment? That's our Hollywood ending? Oh, my God. Terrible. What is our Hollywood ending? The kids get a beer. (laughs) Buttermaker gives the kids... Beer. Ah, uh, yes, like any good coach in the seventies would do. Yep. Uh, they're all celebrating. I love that they all come out to home plate for the trophy presentation. They're all got beer. <laughs> <laughs> the Yankees apologize for the way that they treated the Bears all year, and I love that the Bears tell them to shove it up their ass. Yeah, straight up, <laughs> like you fucking won. You that doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, you had a, you had a chance to show us who you were. Shove it up your ass. Yeah, just wait till next year. Yeah, and that's Tanner. Fuck you. Fuck you. I love it. And that, my friends, is the bad news bears. Man, is there a better ending to a movie than telling a guy in a Yankee uniform to shove it up his ass? <laughs> no, I can't think of one. I agree. You want some trivia? I do. I would love some trivia. Uh, Reportedly, star Walter Matthau was paid $750,000, while Tatum O'Neill was paid $350,000 and 8% of the profits. Oh, shit. So (laughs) she made a fucking killing. Yeah. She's probably good for life. Yeah. What did you say the adjusted uh, adjusted profit was or adjusted gross? 156. So profit is probably like 120. I mean, I don't know what the adjusted uh, budget was, but it's probably like the adjusted profit is probably in the 120 million range. So 8% of that is going to put you at uh, about 8 million bucks. Well, it's called that. That's adjusted. Yeah. So like the budget was nine and it made 32. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. She probably walked away pretty good. <clears throat> Tatum O'Neill trained with a professional sports trainer for several weeks before filming began so she could get her pitch pitch perfect, so to speak. Although some of the pitches in the movie were done by stunt doubles, O'Neill did the bulk of them on her own. Rare for a movie like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Kevin Smith have individually said that this is one of their favorite movies. Aw, so cute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in an interview in 2013, Gary Lee Cavagnaro revealed that during rehearsals in the early summer of 1975, one of the first bonding sessions was the cast was going to a movie theater and watching Jackie Earl Haley's film, The Day of the Locust. He also revealed that the bottles of beer that the beers drink from after the championship game had ginger ale. Oh, okay. Um, Bill Lancaster's screenplay was based on his experiences with his father, Burt Lancaster. Oh, okay. Buttermaker was based on Bert, who was known for his grumpiness, and the character of Amanda was based on himself. Hmm. Very cool. Um, Buttermaker's comment to Amanda about thinking she was Catfish Hunter with all her expensive demands before agreeing to, ble- to play with the Bears was referencing Hunter's recently becoming the highest-paid baseball player in the league. I wonder what that contract would have been worth because Mike Trout is the highest-paid baseball player in the league right now. At least his contract's overall value is the yes. highest of any of anything in the league. It's like, what, $430 million over 13 years? Something like that. Something like that. It's wild. Um... When the team picture is taken at the first game of the season, Amanda and Kelly were not on the team, but during the credits at the end, they're in the picture. Literally unwatchable. Yep. Fucking plot holes all over the place. Just lost a point for me. <clears throat> Absolutely. In an alternate ending, Kelly is safe at home instead of out. Test audiences preferred the ending with him out, as it would have been too much of a happy ending for the underdog bears. I agree. It uh, They learned the wrong lesson if they win. I agree. Yeah, I love that they lost. Yeah, me too. Love it. Um, I got a couple casting stuff for you. Sure. Jodie Foster was cast at one point as Amanda, but dropped out in order to play Iris in Taxi Driver. Which launched her career. Yeah. Um, One of the actresses who tried out for Amanda was Sarah Jessica Parker. Wow. Crazy. Uh, uh, And uh, the role of Buttermaker was offered to Steve McQueen and Warren Beatty. Nice. Who's your pick? I know you're a Steve McQueen I'm guy. A big Steve McQueen guy. Yeah. I, I, I want Matho. Yeah. Matho's He's great. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite quote? I've got eight. Oh, wow. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Uh, almost all of these are tenor. Yeah. All right, number one. Tenor. Hey, Yankees, you can take your apology and your trophy and shove them straight up your ass. And little Timmy Lupus. And another thing. Just wait till next year. <laughs> Good. Uh, Amanda. I know I don't got a lot up there, but what I got sure don't feel good. <laughs> uh, Tanner and Ogilvy. All we got on this team are a bunch of Jews, Spicks, Ninjas, Pansies, and a booger-eating moron. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say it. <laughs> Not a chance. Ninjas. Uh, Ogilvy. Tanner, I think you need to be reminded from time to time that you are one of the few people on this team who is not a Jew, Spick, Ninja, Pansy, or a booger-eating moron. So you better cool it, or we may be disposed to beat the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanner. We lost 18 to nothing, Buttercrud, and the Athletics are the worst team in the league. Ahmed. Second worst. <laughs> uh, Buttermaker. Uh, he's trying to console Ahmed after uh, his errors. There was nothing easy about those fly balls, Ahmed. They were tough chances. The sun was in your eyes. <laughs> Good coaching. Don't give me none of your honky bullshit, Buttermaker. I know they were easy. Let's not bring race into this, Ahmed. We got enough problems as it is. <laughs> Tanner. God, does that booger-eating spaz make me want to puke? Mm-hmm. Uh, Buttermaker and Engelbird. There's chocolate all over this ball. Look, Mr. Buttermaker, quit bugging me about food. People are always bugging me about it. My shrink says that's why I'm so fat, so you're not doing me any good, so just quit it. Uh, and Ogilvy, was that an error? Buttermaker, it was an error on the throw, but no error on the infielder because he wasn't there. <laughs> Those are my quotes. Nice. That's that's all really good. Um, I I only have four, but honestly, I could take any one of those and substitute them in here. They're all pretty good. Um, number one, this quitting thing—it's a damn hard habit to break once you start. 
Number two, when we win a game, it's a team win. When we lose a game, it's a team loss. And that's what I was always told when I was in team sports. Nice. I always loved that. Uh, number three, uh, this is, I think, Ahmed talking about, uh, what's the loan shark kid's name again? Kelly Leak. Kelly Leak. Uh, I borrowed a nickel from him last week. He said if I didn't give him a dime by Friday, he'd break my arm. <laughs> <laughs> and number four, our good friend Tanner. Hey, Yankees, you can take your apology and your trophy and shove them straight up your ass. <laughs> yes. Uh, my favorite quote, uh, while I would love to have the ninjas quote in there, uh, I'm still going to go with my boy Tanner. God, does that booger eating spaz make me want to puke. That's fantastic. I love what he says, booger eating spaz. <laughs> uh, me personally, I can't in all good conscience pass up a quote that is telling the Yankees to go fuck themselves. So I love I, by default, I have to legally pick that as my pick. All right. Favorite scene? I've got six. Go for it. Uh, I've got uh, Engelberg and the pitcher. So that's when he uh, hits the ball back to the pitcher and the pitcher holds it. Mm-hmm. I've got Tanner standing up for lupus. Uh, Amanda trying to reconnect with Buttermaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, meeting the team at the beginning. Uh, the whole bottom of the sixth. And Tanner during the first game when he's losing his shit and throwing his yeah. at players. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> okay um let me see yeah i got one two three four five six seven wow i have seven best scenes nice um the bears lose 26 to nothing <laughs> number two uh walter Matthau convincing the team not to quit after that uh 26 nothing loss okay uh number three the talk with ahmed hank aaron committing 42 errors in sandlot ball mm-hmm. uh number four uh, the game against the Yankees. I'm not sure which one I would have referred to in that. Anyway, these were taken a while ago. Uh, number five, Buttermaker projects his insecurities at the team. The don't you want a chance to spit it back in their faces speech. Yeah, great uh, scene. Number six, the Bears lose. And number seven, I have Amanda telling Buttermaker to piss off while she's selling maps. Yep. Um, my favorite scene is Tanner during that first game. Mm-hmm. His fucking losing his shit and throwing his glove and being angry. I, I can't get enough of Tanner. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a tough one. I genuinely think Buttermaker's speech, uh, where he, where he kind of realizes his own insecurities, yeah. uh, that is like a, like a genuinely great film moment, which is not something I expected from this movie necessarily. I expected fun. I didn't expect like an excellent dramatic scene. So I'm going with that one. Hmm. Hold on. Just want to check something here. Hmm. All right. Perfect. Um, all right. Closing credits. Are there any Oscar-worthy performances in this film? No. I mean, Walter Matthau is really good yep. at the role, but it's not its not anything special. I disagree. Chris Barnes is Tanner. Best supporting actor. Wow. Uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, if you're going back into the Oscars, I'm probably not going to know any of these performances other than Rocky. So Burgess Meredith and Burt Young were both nominated for Rocky. Okay. Uh... Jason Robards won uh, for All the President's Men. And Ned Beatty in Network and Lawrence Olivier <laughs> from Marathon Man. Oh, my God. That's a who's who. Yeah. I'm talking. I'm, I'm, I'm kicking up Burt Young to throw in my boy. Get Chris, out of here. Chris Barnes. Yeah, that's Fucking right. love Tanner. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, no. Uh, Walter Malthouse is good. Yeah. Who'd he be? Oh, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, he's not winning. Who won that year? Uh, Peter Finch for Network. Oh, okay, never seen it. Uh, but we have Robert De Niro for Taxi Driver. Nope. Uh, somebody I don't know, Giancarlo Giannini for Seven Beauties, William Holden for Network, and Sylvester Stallone for Rocky. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, any other aspects of the film award-worthy? I don't really think so. It's not really that type of movie. Um, no, I was going to say even the screenplay, but even that's it's a little simplistic, but I don't know. <laughs> Can I read you what they used to call best original screenplay? Sure. <laughs> best screenplay written directly for the screen based on factual material or on story material not previously published or that's produced. A, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> Who knows why they changed that? That is fantastic. That's hilarious. <clears throat> uh, weak link of the film. Um... 
the 70s. <laughs> the 70s were a wild time, man. <laughs> I Like, all the kids drinking beer, thank God it's ginger ale. Even, I think I forgot to mention it earlier, there's a scene where they're all, like, actually driving in a car, it looks like, and none of, like, there's about 20 of them. The entire team is in one car, yeah, nobody's in, wearing seatbelts. I grew up without seatbelts. Yeah, which is crazy. I, I'm going to say it's mid-80s when they became law, mm-hmm. but I can remember multiple road trips where we would go visit my uncle who lived in Alberta, mm-hmm. and my mom would build me a bed in the back, and I would just lay in the bed in the back. No seatbelt, just lay in, yep. lay in the back. <laughs> it's wild. Wow. <laughs> um, I Sorry, there's no weak link in the film for yeah, me. I, I, honestly, that's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, my pick. Like, yeah. Really, I, I think the movie is... Uh, pretty it's solid not, top to bottom it's not expertly crafted no it is exactly what it meant what it is meant to be yeah and saying that there's no weak link is not the same thing as saying everything's perfect yes it's just like everything's fine yeah this movie is great yeah was this anyone's career highlight probably for a bunch of these people i would imagine probably especially for the kids it's um definitely t- the kids tatum o'neill won an oscar and i know we had this whole discussion uh with the piano whether um, a childhood Oscar win should really be considered a highlight, but since this is also a childhood performance from Tatum O'Neill, I think that argument doesn't hold any weight here. Okay, well, it's not it's not Matthau's. It's not in his top four. What is? I don't know enough about Walter Matthau. <clears throat> well, be the odd couple number one. Okay. Um, and then uh, the taking of Pelham 1, 2, one, two 3 uh, was a pretty big hit back then. Um, and then they have the fortune cookie and charade, which is a... Uh, <coughs> some rom-coms or no fucking hitchcock film oh okay um and then he was in like the, another odd couple um everyone else i don't know how big of a hit paper moon was uh, i guess i could quickly look it up but i think for everyone else this is their career highlight um a massive hit uh in 1976 uh would this make anyone's highlight reel? It's going to make everyone's highlight reel, in- including Walter Matthau. This yeah. is going to be in his highlight reel. Uh, 1973, Paper Moon, on a budget of $2.5 million, grossed 31 So, pretty good hit. That's a big hit. It's a pretty good hit. In 1972, like this was 36 and adjusted for inflation, is that's 150 So, it's, you know, adjusted for inflation in 72, it's probably about the same. Yeah. Probably. So still, still a big hit. Why do I know the name Laszlo Kovacs, who was the cinematographer on Paper Moon? What else did know. he do? Probably he won an Oscar for a couple things. Probably. <clears throat> MVP of the film. It's our boy Tanner, it's man. Come Tanner. on. There's not even an argument. Chrissy Barnes as Tanner fucking writes MVP <laughs> of the film. <laughs> what will be this film's legacy? Uh, one of the great underdogs, underdog sports stories in film. Yeah. Not a incredibly technologically brilliant movie not by any stretch but just like a fun underdog story agreed yeah it's the, the template for a sports underdog story yeah. that's my answer yeah it's th- this and rocky start off the whole launch the under the sports underdog story mm-hmm. um would you watch this movie again yeah i would this was a lot of fun absolutely i know i said last year i could make an annual tradition out of bull durham but obviously that wasn't going to be true because uh, <laughs> because i don't watch I have too many goddamn movies to watch, but uh, yeah, definitely I could watch this movie again, hundred percent. I think I'm gonna, you know what? I think I'm gonna try, I'm gonna watch Bull Durham this weekend. Oh, you bitch! Yeah, I'm gonna find some time for that. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely watch this movie again. I'm gonna watch this movie on a semi-regular basis. This is I, I'm just gonna watch it just for Tanner. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. skip the Tanner scenes constantly. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend this movie to friends? Yes, I would. God damn it, it's too much fun. <laughs> Same. I would definitely recommend this, especially if I get to watch it with them and watch their face when Tanner starts spouting off some very racist shit. Um, your final thoughts on the bad news bears. I'm really happy we got around to watching this. I remember last year when you said this was the one we were going to do. I got very curious about it. I knew this was on kind of my list of shame as far as baseball movies. And I'm very happy we have this recurring segment where we watch baseball movies every year because... Especially five years ago when we started this thing, my baseball filmography was lacking, severely lacking. Um, by the way, I should ask you, is what year is Field of Dreams? 89. 89. So we're not going to be doing that for not a long time for Best Picture, right? Because we're maybe doing something else after the 90s. We It's up in the air. Okay. I want to do some research. 
And even then, like, if we just, it's basically between the 80s and the aughts. Right. And <clears throat> even if we do the 80s, we're starting in 1980 and working forward. We're right. We're going to work backwards. Same mm -hmm. with 2000. We're going to go yeah, to 2000. Yeah, so either way, Field of Dreams is a ways off. So, I mean, could, like, do you have an idea for what you want to do next year for baseball, as far as I'm I concerned? I was actually just thinking of it right now. Field of Dreams would be at the top. That, As far as I'm concerned, like, when I hear other baseball fans talk about their favorite movies and I tell them I am both a baseball fan and a film fan and I haven't seen Field of Dreams, I get fucking chewed out. Do you want to, do you want to just lock it in? Let's just lock it in. It's I'm done. down for it. Field of Dreams next year. Easy. Wicked. All right. Final thoughts on Bad News Bears. Final thoughts on Bad News Bears. Very happy we got around to actually doing it finally. Um, it was a good, fun movie not a lot to really dissect as far as the creation of it um even the baseball scenes are pretty rudimentary i like that a lot of the time you can tell that kids are playing baseball in the movie which yep. is not something that you see a whole lot a lot of the baseball is in camera and it looks like little league kids are making mistakes they're flubbing grounders they're missing fly balls um you know it looks like a little league game and it feels like a lot of fun and walter Matthau is definitely <laughs> drunk for some of these scenes <laughs> yeah it's a lot of fun and uh, all hail our god tanner yeah uh yeah this movie was a lot of fun uh a, a product of its time you have to remember when it was made um if you are again someone that's easily offended i don't mm. understand why you're listening to this podcast mm. But uh, watching this movie as a product of the 70s was a joy. Um, again, I, I, I pray at the altar of uh, our boy Tanner. Uh, Walter Matthau is, uh, is really good. Um, Jackie Earl Haley as Kelly. Like I said, he was a hero of mine as a kid. I thought he was the coolest guy in the world. Rode a motorcycle, smoked cigarettes, and got ladies yeah. uh, decades older than him. Uh, it was a it was a lot of fun to revisit this movie and like we've mentioned before it just set the template for underdog sports films uh, going forward. Time for the big question, Sammy boy. What are you giving Bad News Bears? Uh, it's not quite a good enough film to give a perfect grade, but it's a fuck ton of fun. It gets an easy easy four. Oh, I love it! I love it! It's a four for me as well. Cool. Uh, again, I don't know what. I could improve upon to get it to that five for me. Me neither. But I can't deny how much fun I had watching this movie. It was an absolute blast. Easy four for me. Well, that wraps up our uh, bonus episode, our annual baseball bonus episode. We've already locked in Field of Dreams next year. Fifth annual. Look forward to it. Oh, my God. Best way to celebrate the fifth is to watch possibly the best. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Well, for the Samuel Manuel Movie Podcast, I'm Manny Manuel. So long, you booger-eating spazzes. Play ball! I'm Sam Reimer. Adios!